Good morning, everyone. And our learning should be in the of everyone who needs a report Shalema and all the soldiers who should be protected. Report Shalema for Naran Chaim Ben Rachel Kerala. Okay. What times we are in. <laughs> we are on page 182, Seif Dalin. Okay? And we elaborated yesterday on the difference between Afaidus Habirurim and Nisyanus. We elaborated at length about the difference in the thing that's being elevated, the way that you go about elevating it, and the person doing the elevating. All three are different, whether we're talking about Afaidus and Nisyanus or whether we're talking about Afaidus Ha. Birurin. Now we're going to explain a little bit about why Avidas and Nisyonis can only be done by the person and not by dealing with the thing itself specifically. And what does it mean to raise yourself up above the challenge? What does that actually look like? Okay, so we're going to be speaking today about the Yechida of the soul. So before we get into that, I just want to make sure that we're clear a little bit that, um, are you guys familiar with the idea that there are five levels of the, of the soul? Yeah? Yeah? Not really. Not really. What about you, Aurea? Have you heard of the idea that there's five levels of the soul? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so let's do it quickly for Sydney. Um, so have you heard of Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama before? Yes. Okay. So those are the three lower levels of the soul. The term for them is Naran. That's how Chassid um, is sometimes. It's abbreviation for Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama. Those are, so the lowest level of the soul is the Nefesh. That's so interesting, because that's the Naran. <laughs> you guys are good at finding yeah, these connections. So the Nefesh is the lowest level. Um, there's a term, Hadam Huha Nefesh. The, the, the Nefesh is in the blood. It's the most tangible, physical part of the soul that's vested within the body. Then we have the Ruach. That's my last name. What's your last name? <laughs> Ruach. Ruach? Really? Brilliant. I love it. Um, Ru- I just met someone, and we're going to get to Neshama. I just met someone whose name was Neshama, so I guess we're finding lots of connections. Um, Ruach, is, Ruach means a spirit, right? And it's, it depends how you explain it, but um, the idea is it's, it's more the emotional attribute. So the nefesh is the most primal uh, life force within us, it's the blood keeps us alive, it's the, the, that which enables us to, to have actions. Ruach is, is more considered to, to be more of like the emotions, and neshama is more like the intellect, um, so getting deeper and deeper levels within our soul. But those three levels are invested and enclosed and expressed within the body and then outward through the three levushim of thought, speech, and action. Then we have chaya and yechida. Those are the two higher levels. Chaya is the second level. And Yechida is the, the first level, the first or the fifth, but depending on how you look at it. Um, they, they're both not enclosed within the body. They're our soul as they are, levels of our soul as they are too lofty to be revealed and invested within our body. The only time that we can reveal them is in much more like very strenuous, I don't know, very specific circumstances, those levels can be brought out and expressed in a physical way, but usually they, they, they surround the body. The Yechida means, the Yechida means the essence, okay? Yechida comes from the word, what word do we have in the word Yechida? Yechad, unity. It's a part of us that is one with Hashem. That's absolutely one with Hashem. Our essence, the truth of our Neshama in its 
source and in its essence is that it is a piece of God. It is one with God. And so all of the other levels, the, the Chaya, Neshama, Ruach, and Nefesh, are all levels of the soul that have a relationship with God in different ways, depending on their ability and their capacity. The Yechida doesn't have a relationship with God. So would you say that, like, the, how do you say, the audience with the Rebbe is, like, Yechidas? Right, Which is, like, yes. not, the, not the privacy, but the unity with the Rebbe. Yeah. That's the idea. Why is it called Yechidas? Because the Yechida, your Yechida, is connecting with the Yechida of the Rebbe. That's the idea. So, uh, I think we're finding a lot of connections today with what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what was I saying? Sorry. Um, the Yechida doesn't have a relationship with right. God. Right. The Yechida doesn't have a relationship with God. The Yechida is one with God. And so the only time that the Yechida truly gets expressed is in a time of Messiris Nefesh. And even within Messiris Nefesh, there's two levels of Messiris Nefesh. A Messiris Nefesh that is more logical, that's more able to be thought out. It's like, okay, I've thought this through and I've decided that that's it, not my choices, that I'm going to stand with God on this one, right? That's the, that's the, the Messiris Nefesh that reveals level of Chaya. Chaya still has some sort of logic and relationship with God. A Messiris Nefesh that is completely beyond reason that doesn't have any sort of explanation whatsoever, that is a revelation and expression of Yechida. Yechida can't be explained. Yechida is just who you are. And when somebody gets pushed enough into a corner, the, the true point of who they are gets expressed and gets revealed. And what are they? Who are they really? They're God. They're one with God. So that's the idea of Messir Nefesh on a level of Yechida. When we're speaking about Nisyainis, Right? He said, Nisyanus cannot, cannot be overcome with reason, cannot be overcome with logic. You have to pull something forth from within yourself that's so deep that transcends logic. And then when you're able to do that, you're able to overcome the Nisayan. That is the Yechida. The power of the Yechida that exists within every single one of us gets brought out in a situation where we're confronted with a test. And... We can think more of the, again, the nefesh, ruach, and neshama as expressions of the soul and tools of the soul. And the chaya and the yechida are more the soul as it is, right? And especially the yechida. The, every time we say yechida means also the essence, right? The essence of the soul. And essence means, as we've said this many times, something as it relates to itself. So it's not the soul as it's relating to the outside world. It's the soul as it's relating to itself and as it's one with God. So we can't just tap into that on a day-to-day basis with our yechida because it's not relating to us. It's just there. It's existing. It's, but when we're squeezed enough, it's able, to, it's able to come out. Okay? And the Rebbe speaks about this in Va'ata Tetzava, which is the final mimer that was distributed before um, the Rebbe's histalkos. Maybe we'll learn it about the detail at the end of the year. We'll see if we get to it, but that would be great. So there the, the Rebbe speaks about um, the idea that the, the olives that were used to create the light for the menorah had to be crushed. And only once they were crushed were they able to get this pure holy olive oil that was able to light up, light up the base of Mikdash and in effect light up the whole world. That light sometimes needs to come in a way of crushing because it's the only way that you can get that that type and depth of light out. But it's interesting, like, 
are um, that's going to be applicable in some sort of way when the machine is going to come? Because I'm asking because I remember, like, okay, I'm saying in the history, uh, all the rulers that were doing the, you know, doing the sending of the first Bismarck English or the second Bismarck English, they were faced with some kind of personal or even like collective challenges. I'm saying like even during like during the Mishkan before, you know, the building of the first business dash, for example, the the Melech, like I'm saying it, it was it was a it was a test. Yeah. Like the idea a, when Mashiach comes, we're promised that we're not gonna have any more tests. Okay. Because everything yeah. be Because that Yahida will have come out now. We won't have to extract it in that way anymore. <clears throat> By the way, you reminded me, we learned that the the first four levels of the soul you access in davening, like there's four levels, and the only day that you do Yahidah is on Yom Kippur, like right. that extra section. Right. But it makes so much sense that you really like crush yourself. <laughs> yes. In order to get to that point. Yes, you have to put yourself aside. You yeah. don't think about your food and your clothes and your like yeah. anything. You have to become something higher. Like, yeah. Something you and also the day, the day does it yeah. as well. They yeah. kind of raises you up to that level, almost almost automatically as well. So, yeah, that's true, that Yom Kippur is a day of Yechida. Kapara in general, the concept of Kapara and forgiveness and atonement transcends this level of, of logic. <laughs> wow, are these things all connecting? Kaparos. Oh, Kaparos? You did with the chicken? Oh, why? Malki was... The best. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't wow. even a chicken. It was just like it was at a gas station. It was crazy. Yeah. No, it was. It was right next to my house, right? It's the. Yeah. 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 So Yasia, and it was the most. In, I called it the VIP Kaparos this year because it was right next to our house, and I was too tired to like wake up the kids and go late. So Yasia brought them the chickens to our house because <laughs> oh you paid for them, and then he brought them to our house, and then we just like woke the kids up, took them downstairs, and like, what's happening? And then there were just chickens in the house, and they were so happy. <laughs> and then so we did the Kaparos, and they went back to sleep, and then in the morning, Musi's like, where are the chickens? Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, I will, I will, I will never forget, and I brought, I brought my chickens, actually, see it getting the shita. Like, I, I actually, like, you watched it. There's an idea yeah, to I watch it. it. Yeah. And, like, it was crazy, because there were two, like, cinnamon rolls, and I sat next to me, and as I'm giving to this guy my chicken, like, and I'm literally, like, I'm doing like this, like, <laughs> like take, take it, it away. Take it to the show head. And the girls started to laugh so hard because I started to scream out loud when it was like when he did, you know. Oh, shame. Like, I, I just. You don't have to. I touched that point. You freaked out. It touched your head at some point. So when, when I say kapara, I'm speaking no, about the general like, kapara of Yom Kippur. Yeah. Of Yom Kippur. Of Yom Kippur. Um, Kaparas is an aspect of that before to prepare, but the day itself, this idea of atonement is beyond logic. That's why we're asking for atonement. If it was logical, it would be like, okay, God, I did this, you did this, fair and square, great, we're good. Um, Kapar, uh, Yom Kippur is an idea, it's a day that transcends logic. It's a day of Yechida. Uh, there are other days as well. We're going to learn about them throughout the year. Purim, for example, as well, is a day. Yeah, it's just like so mind-blowing to me how Yom Kippur and Purim are like... Yeah, they're opposites and they're the same. They're opposites they're and they're like, the same. They're yeah, I'm a, I, last year I was on maternity leave, so I didn't get to... Pro I tried to teach the girls in my house with Kayla being a newborn, and it like, didn't work so well. So this year I'm really excited to learn. It's, it's probably my favorite, favorite mimer, is the, is the, is the Purim mimer connecting it to Yom Kippur. You say that about every mimer. I know. I do say that about every mimer, but that is like my... That's the one. That's my like all-time favorite. Okay. <laughs> but I do have a lot of favorites. Okay, let's go into Dalit. 
We're going to see what's the connection between Nisayanus and Yechida. He says a way to deal with Nisayanus is with Yechida because it is illogical. Right? Because, it, yes. Because when we can tap into the truth within ourselves that everything is God, the Nisayan, which doesn't really exist, it's just an illusion that it's preventing us from serving God, disappears. And we're going to elaborate on that. Like, what's the connection between revealing the Yechida and the Nisayan? And it's so interesting because we were just saying Perikhaf Gimel, where David says there, Your stick and your, your whip, I think, they're my comfort. That when you hit me, I'm comforted. Um, it's a very interesting thing to say. That when you're, when you're hit and you're confronted with these tests, that's when the truth comes out. That's when the Yechida comes out and the, the truth that we're actually one with God comes out. So, so we actually see that in what we were saying right before as well. King David seemed to, um, did seem to understand that. Dalit, let's go inside. Page 182. This is also why the service, serving Hashem through tests, Kshura in Bechinas Hayechida Sheba Nefesh is connected with the level of the Yechida of the Nefesh. Sheba Koychacha Lahafaych Bechinas Hayechida Dele Umatzeh because it has the power to transform the Yechida of the other side. Le means the, the other side, the negative. The test is the ultimate darkness. It's got the essence of darkness within it. And so when we reveal our essence, it's able to overpower the essence of the darkness and win over it. The level of the Yechida of the Nefesh Bahamas. So, this is another interesting point here. Kind of, not controversial, but it's a very unique opinion within Chassidus that doesn't happen a lot. Usually, when you learn about the five levels of the soul, you guys are familiar with the term Zel That's brought in Tanya. Zel means this opposite, this God made it. God made everything in this world with an opposite counterpart. So everything in holiness has an opposite in, in unholiness, right? So usually when you're learning about the five levels of the soul, for example, you'll learn that we have a godly soul, we have an animal soul. So there's five levels of each. But actually, the Yechida, the essence of the godly soul is the same essence as the animal soul. Because the animal soul doesn't have its own essence. Because... Essence is the place where you realize the truth that everything is God. So you can't say, wait, so what's the essence of the animal soul? The essence of the animal soul is the same one as the godly soul, which is everything is God. The animal soul comes from God. So that's how I always learned, and that's how you will almost always learn about the levels of the soul. This mimer says something else, okay? Doesn't explain it. I hope we can try to come to some sort of understanding. I need to get hold. Yossi's grandfather is like a big, like, understands this is amazing. Wait, I tried. So, okay, so what it says in this mimer is, Bechinas ha de nefesh Bahamas. That the Yechida, when we reveal the nefesh of the, the Yechida of the godly soul, it overpowers the Yechida of the nefesh of Bahamas, saying that there is a Yechida of Lo'umatzeh that there is a Yechida of Klippa, which is really counterintuitive. Because essence means the truth of something, right? And the truth, when you get down to it, is always that it's God. So how can you say the essence of Klippa? You get the question? Yeah, but I'm saying... Because I feel like... I feel like... um, it is, you know what I mean. We like I, it reminds me of the of the mice uh, that how and I uh, heard of the Fabregin that we were uh, like uh, like the Fabregin uh, the first Fabregin during the war that we went to, and the guy was uh, bringing up the rever like reverie says again like time in the in the in the prison, 
and um, they had like the bypass, which was the toilet for them essentially for the prisoners in the room. Like and so basically, um, like there was there was a guy, there was another hostage or something. Like I don't, you know, um, I might play the, the, the details. And um, the faucet was like super upset that they couldn't feel it on. Like if there's a right. bathroom, like in the room, whatever, like right. they cannot, they cannot do, like they cannot dive in, they cannot, you know, do a lot of things. Um, and Reverend was like, what are you so sad about? Say Shekhyanu on the fact that you cannot put feeling on in this room. And like in this- They started, started to dance. And whatever, like I'm saying, it's not about, it's not the, it's not the story that we were talking about before, the meaning like seeing the good and the in the bad, not not this kind of thing, not 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 the previous level that we were right. talking about. Right. But I feel like the darkness is still like something to see the light in. Like So the question is then how can you say that the essence of that darkness is its own essence? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and this yeah. question is not brought in the mimer. It's just fact. Wait, can you say the question? So let's first read what it says. That when we reveal the Yechida of our soul, it has the power to transform the Yechida of the other side. Question. How can we have the Yechida of the other side? Yechida means the essence of something. And how Chassidus almost... This is not the only time it's brought this idea, but... Majority of the time in Hasidus, when this idea is brought of Yechida, the Yechida is the same for both because the Yechida is the truth, the oneness with Hashem, and everything is one with Hashem, right? Klippa, Klippa doesn't have its own like source outside of Hashem. So, how can we say the Yechida of, of the other side? Okay, that um, makes sense in my head, the fact that there is a Yechida of the other side, no, that it, it's saying that. Right, so you're saying that there's no Yechida on the other side. Well, well there's two opinions. Right. That, which are two so, contradictory opinions. Right. So right. I think, like, by this saying that, it's saying, I don't think it necessarily means that there's two complete separate things. I think just when the, the essence of Yechida is trying to overcome the one of the animal soul, it, it does naturally because it's, it's only one. Yeah. That would help our problem, but that's not what it's saying. <laughs> what it's saying is it's that it's too separate, that there's a yechida of the animal soul and there's a yechida of the godly soul. And that if we put the two together through a test, the yechida of the godly soul will, will be able to conquer, overcome the yechida of the animal soul. But what do we mean when we say yechida of the animal soul? And so, What does it even mean to conquer something that's itself? Like at the end so of the we're day, saying that they're actually two different things. So the, Okay. So, okay, so I looked into this a little bit. I found from Rabbi Yossi Paltiel, he gives an explanation, but he says, I don't have any source for this. This is what I understood it to be. So I'm going to repeat over how he explains it, which is very small. It pretty much like helps the idea. But I am, I'm, I'm trying to also find other like opinions. Um, does Rabbi Kaufman teach you guys today? Yeah. Can you ask him? Can you ask him? Yes, on behalf of uh, this class, yeah. I'm so curious to hear what, like, yeah, just like what people who like really understand this would 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 say. H- how can there be a yechida of 
how can there be a yichida of, of klipa and of the animal soul? And what does that express itself as? What would that look like? We know what the yichida of the godly soul expresses itself as. Oneness, complete, utter oneness with Hashem that gets expressed and through mysterious nefesh. How does the animal soul express its yichida? What does that look like? So I'm going to bring to you what I heard from Rabbi Yossi Paltiel. And we'll see. Maybe we can add. I'm going to call um, someone else up today as well, see what he says. And maybe we can come to understanding this. Um... He says that the Yechida of Klippa and the Yechida of the animal soul is what we call Amalek, okay? Um, we know about Amalek, that they conquered the Jewish people, they, they, they attacked the Jewish people as they left Mitzrayim when it was clear that Hashem was on their side. It was a completely illogical thing. The idea is that Yechida for the positive, for the Kedusha, is an illogical oneness with Hashem that transcends any logic. Logically makes sense I should stay alive, but I'm going to give my life up for Hashem because there's no other way when it comes to Yechida of the Godly soul. It's just no other choice. It's, there's no logic here. There's no, there's no negotiation. There's just this is who I am, and I'm, I can't change that. The opposite of that would be the illogic of Klippa, of negative, negativity, which is the illogical hatred, for example, for the Jewish people which we see with Amalek. Amalek attacked the Jewish people in a completely illogical way. Like, first of all, what did we ever do to Amalek? Nothing. Not, I mean, there is a midrash about Amalek's grandmother, Timna, who wanted to, mar- who wanted yeah. to convert and they didn't want to convert her. Um, okay, but like Amalek himself, and this is already many, 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 many generations later. Why did they hate us so much? Why did they attack us? Not only they attacked us when we were strongest, when the sea had just split and Hashem had just killed the mightiest nation, the Egyptians, they came and they attacked us knowing that they were going to lose. That's completely illogical. Oh, they, maybe they, thought... they knew they maybe were going to lose. Know, like, like, I, I understand the idea that evil always recognizes Hashem's gifts to Jewish people better than the Jewish people themselves. Right. I'm gonna fin- let me finish this point yeah. first and then we'll just because what Hasidus explains about Amalek is that Amalek represents chutzpah. Yeah. Okay? Chutzpah. Chutzpah, okay, so there's a, there's a healthy, holy chutzpah that the Rebbe speaks about, like shtustuktusha, like just going all the way out there for holiness. And that's how the Rebbe can use shtustuktusha, that's the term. It's spoken about in Chassidus. And then we have what's called shtustulumase, okay? And that's the idea of chutzpah. Chutzpah means I don't have a logical reason why I'm going to make fun of you and why I'm going to be against you, but I'm going to just do it anyway. And you can't fight that with logic. You can't fight that with logic. If somebody, so, so the Rebbe says, and I mentioned this before, that the, the expression of that chutzpah and of that klipa today and the Mr. Snefesh today is when people laugh at you. Because if somebody comes to you and says, listen, if so, yeah, we were. If somebody comes to you and says, listen, I see you're like maybe becoming more religious, this Jewish thing. I don't understand it. Like I think that maybe you look like really archaic and all. I'm giving you reason, 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 reason why. I'm like, what are you? Why are you doing this? Then you can answer, right? There's an answer to those questions. Maybe you don't know how to answer perfectly. Maybe you get into an argument, but but there's there's a question and there's an answer, right? If somebody just looks at you, and they just start to laugh, and to say, you look like a joke. What are you going to say to that? What's the response to that? There's no response to that. Because the beginning of the argument is already based beyond logic. So Rabbi Patil says that that's what we talk about when we say the Yechida of the Nefesh of Bahamas. It's the chutzpah. It's the chutzpah that just laughs. That has no rational 
that has no rational argument. And therefore, we cannot counter it with a rational argument. We can't counter it with the Chaya, with the Neshama, with the Ruach, or with the Nefesh. We have to counter it with the Yechida. So really, it's like the flip side of the Yechida, the godly soul. Exactly. So the flip side, so the positivity of the Yechida would be, it's a connection with Hashem that transcends logic. Yeah. The negativity yeah. would be, it's a, it's a fighting, so to speak, against Hashem that transcends logic. And again, we're going back to what's going on right now, just because you have to. I mean, people people who are attacking us right now. Like, there's no logic behind it, right? If, if, if this was a logical war, then it would be soldiers attacking soldiers, right? It would be saying, let's get more land. We want, we want the land of Israel. That's not what happened, right, at all. And that's not what's going on. It's not a fight about more land right now, which, again, would be a logical fight. And, and as I said yesterday, maybe it would be a little bit more dangerous, more scary. Because when it's a logical fight, then suddenly there's negotiation and then there's concessions and then there's peace treaties and there's giving back, right? This, this fight that we're in right now, this war that we're in right now is not a logical war. It's just like, try and go find the logic of what's going on behind these people's minds. There's not, there isn't. And therefore, as I said yesterday, we can't fight it with logic. So I'm pretty happy with that explanation. Um, from Rabbi Patiel, but it do, it's 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 not sourced in Hasidus, so I'd love to hear like what other people come up with. So yeah. My one question with that, like, like the core of the animal soul, I know is still wanting to connect to Hashem. So how could you state that the core of the animal soul is chutzpah? Because that the chutzpah itself doesn't seem to align with this yearning for Hashem. Right, so 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 I think that that would go back to the two explanation to the two explanations. One would say no, the core of the animal soul is wants to be one with Hashem. It's also in the angels. That's the common understanding in Hasidus. This is saying no, it's actually not. It's actually not. It's sourced in chutzpah, or it's sourced in ego and selfishness, and then, and then we have to transform it. It's like you have to become an alchemist and transform that energy and you have to push through the darkness to get to the light. Yeah. It's more of a confusing, it's definitely more of a confusing opinion in a lot of ways. And it turns a lot of things off its, its head because on its head because a lot of my marim and concepts in chassidus are based on the first explanation. Yeah. That the Nefesh HaMahamish doesn't have a yechida, that the, right, that the example brought in Tanya that um, of uh, a uh, king who wants to test his son who's going to become the king and he hires a prostitute to try and seduce him and, the, and, and, and that she wants him to say no. And he brings that as an example for the Nefesh Bahamas that the Nefesh Bahamas is hired to test us but the Nefesh Bahamas wants us to say no. That's the, that's the, the line of thinking that we're going to usually go according to. But here it's, it's almost like a totally different line of thinking which is no, no, no. Your animal soul at its source, it's, it's just completely uninterested in God to the point that it actually laughs at it. It's an illogical opposition of God to, in its source, in its essence. As it comes down, it's easier and easier to relate to it because now it's got reason, it's got understanding, so you can maybe relate to it with reason and understanding. But if you go back to its source, the only way to totally eliminate its source is through your own source of your godly soul. It almost seems like everybody's soul comes down at a, there's a starting line, like if you're running a race. Everybody's soul comes down at a different place at that starting line. Yeah. Some way back, some on. Yeah. Down. Yeah. And the goal is to everyone to get back to the finish line, which is back to Shem. Yeah. And which and transcends all of our sources, even. Right. And right. we don't know why one soul started way back or one started up. We, we, don't, we can't really yeah. comprehend that, but. Yeah. 
interesting. It's a very interesting... Listen, I mean, I've been learning chassis for a few years and I never came across this opinion until this mimer. It's very it's interesting. interesting. It, like, but it's an interesting... The yeah. idea of fighting something with, that has no logic with no logic... <laughs> That, that is logical. So <laughs> I love that. It's true. It At the end of the day, Hasidus makes sense. <laughs> like, I'm hearing, like, hearing people talk about the war now, like people who don't know anything, um, or people who think they know everything, I'm like, it's not even worth explaining to you why you're wrong. Like, yeah. like it's not. Because they're not even going to hear me. Yeah. Um, but then also I was thinking this is very, very lower level than that that like like irrational fears like in my head and no not my biggest fear is animals i know they're not gonna do anything all animals all animals wow i have my aunt has a dog that doesn't move and i still make them put him on a leash when i come over like i literally doesn't move yeah he doesn't move i'm petrified of animals Okay. I know they're not going to do anything to me, and I'm still trying to try. Like, my grandfather's like, there's no reason, because all my cousins are like, like, <coughs> they like, judge me for it, whatever. And my grandfather's always like, you can't tell her, like, she she knows, it's just not going to fix it, you know? <laughs> so have that's you, what this reminds me. Have you ever tried to transcend that fear? <laughs> no. Because that's essentially what it's talking about, yeah. in a sense, right? It's like, how do you take Yeah. That? Um, side yeah, I don't, like that's really that's no, uh, that's anxiety. That. Like, how do you treat anxiety no, yeah, with like with? That's crazy. It's animals too. It's like your animals. <laughs> 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 yeah. See, but I really understand this concept. <laughs> You're very sensitive to it. But at the same time, the I don't know. I feel like compared to the biggest fears is just to look at them the same way. It's like works with anxiety, but that's not an irrational method. Like, you're and like not exposure, to exposure therapy. Like, What's exposure therapy? Exposure therapy isn't sitting in the room with your therapist and going over and over, animals are not dangerous, animals will not hurt you. It's saying, let's, let's go and speak to, let's go and come closer and closer and closer to the animal. It's not actually logically, it's just, it's not even a logical process. It's like, I don't know. I'm trying to <laughs> Yeah. yeah. She does exposure therapy. Yeah, she had a client that like I don't know who it is honestly, but like I don't even know how long ago, but had like OCD, but like OCD can be obsession over anything. So this client had like a irrational obsession fear that she was gonna like hurt her child like sexually, and um, even though she had like no reason to believe that her history or whatever, whatever. And it was causing her to like ignore her child because she was so terrified she was gonna like mess up her kid. So my mother had her like write out whatever like story nightmare was playing in her head like as a story, and they read it over and over and over and over because like you get so freaked out until you just can't get more freaked out and then you realize how ridiculous it is. So wow, yeah. wow, wow. What's so interesting. What's irrational about what? What's irrational about confronting a fear like this? It's not like. Right. It's it, it's crazy for someone you know who's so petrified of something to go and approach it. Like what's not what's not like yeah, irrational yeah, response would be like trying to scoop it back or whatever. <laughs> like no, that because for me it's totally not rational for my fear to go up to a dog and touch it. But your fear but is also rational. Like, my fear is not rational. Because I know that it's not gonna do anything to me. No, you see, it is irrational. 
Like that's right. I'm so, saying it's irrational. So it's also irrational for me to just go up to the dog and be like, "What would ra- the rational approach would be to sit you down, which I'm sure a million people have done, and say the dog doesn't move. The right. dog is not going to touch right. you. Don't be scared of that's the rational approach. Right, yeah. The irrational approach right. is to slowly go closer, right. and closer and closer and closer and closer to the dog. But people you- who don't understand the fear don't see that as being irrational. Some sense. People but like me going up to a dog right. and touching it. Like my cousins are like, just touch it. Like right. what's the problem? Right. You know? Yeah. Very interesting. I won't be doing that. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But no, but that's what got me to think that is like yeah. that my my fear is not logical. So, and the cure is not logical, you know? Yeah. Know, yeah, no, it's very, very interesting. It's true. They, the definition of anxiety is irrational fear. Rational fear is just called fear. No, irrational like, fear is anxiety. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel yeah. like when you're imagining that there's a ghost or whatever in your room, and when you're just looking at it, and, like, like, and it's like a shadow of the dress, I don't know, whatever. Like, it's like, it's not, it's like, it's not a real thing. It's just what you thought you saw. Right, but, but it's, it's easier said than done if that's not actually your fear. Like, for example, you have to think for yourself, like, what would your fear be? I've had fears of it. Like, I couldn't, yeah. sleep, I, I couldn't sleep until I was seven years old alone because I was seeing things, in, like, in my room. But and did it help when your mom said, there's, no, not, there's nothing in your room? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I would love if you guys can gather more information from different people, what their opinion of yeah, this I is. Um, I'll try as well, and maybe, maybe we'll learn more things, but yeah, we'll stick, with the, we'll stick with the Amalek one for now. And that's the reason why Hashem says Amalek has to be completely, completely destroyed. There's no like negotiations with Amalek. There's no integrating them slowly into society. There is complete, just, um, we, we have commanded we have to get rid of Amalek because um, it's not a logical war. And then the big mistake that King Shaul made when he was told he was entrusted with killing every single member of Amalek was that he used logic. He said, wait, but like this little sheep is so cute. Like, I'm not going to kill him, right? Or his opinions, it was a child, it was a sheep. He used logic. And, and he, that was a complete downfall of Shaul then. And then that's why Haman was born and that the whole story of Purim came because of, because of that logic. You don't fight Amalek with logic. So, Balafamim Vorm. Sometimes it's explained. Bottom of page 182, third line of Dalet. That when the light, when the Yechida of the Nefesh shines, when the level of the Yechida of the Nefesh shines, then it's not even in a way of a challenge, of a test anymore. The moment the Yechida shines, it just disappears. So, even though the person still sees that there's this test in front of them, the test expresses itself in the way that it will awaken and it will bring the person to the service of revealing the essence of his soul. However, after 
The test did its job. It squeezed the person enough that it revealed the essence of his soul. Now, the new Avaida is not even in a way of a test at all. Now it's just very, very clear what needs to happen and it's not even a struggle. The struggle disappears. The moment the Yechida is revealed, the test goes away. And even if the test's still in front of you, it no longer looks like a test. So the idea of this is, Dehine, when we talk about the three lower levels of the soul, the nefesh, the ruach, and the neshama, these are the powers, the inner powers of the soul. And when we say kayach, it's a power, it's almost like an expression. They come, they're sourced from the power of intellect and below. So from intellect, from emotion, uh, etc. But when we speak about the levels that are above nefesh, ruach, and neshama, which are the, so to speak, expressions of the soul, that is speaking already about the levels that surround us, that transcend our thoughts and our emotions, and that is the levels of chaya and of yechida. The way that the chaya expresses itself is our will. When you have a will for something, it transcends logic, right? The, when somebody is willed to do something, I'm going to speak about this at length through, um, throughout the year as well, the will is higher than his logic and it pushes you. It comes from such a deep place within you and it pushes you to do something even if it's not logical, okay? And this will can be expressed in the chaya of the animal soul or in the chaya of the godly soul. You can have a will for something that is against God or your will for something that is, that is for God, but it's in a way that transcends logic. The makif de yechida, and what, how does the yechida express itself? Hu inyan hatainog, it expresses itself as pleasure. What motivates our actions? Our feelings. What motivates our feelings? Our thoughts, right? What motivates our thoughts? Our will. I really, 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 I am going to have a house. Like by the end of this year, I'm going to have a beautiful mansion in Yerushalayim, okay? So then I'm going to have to use my mind. Wait, how am I going to get the money, right? And then as, you know, as it goes down the line. What motivates our will? What motivates our will? What decides this is what you want? Will is also desire, okay? What, also, what like motivates that which you desire? What part of the animal soul? Or, they exist in both. There's a parallel. There's the will and the desire of the like animal soul and the godly soul. Sometimes it's like the deepest level of you, so it could be a but sometimes it's also external, like you see something. Mm-hmm. You like, see something. Like, I know some people have a logical desires that are just based on like I don't know, like a movie they saw like, yeah. and it becomes, they think about it so much that it becomes like a driving force oh, but maybe that's not true that would, be, that would be considered a peripheral, non-true driving force, okay, so because if you would go to the source of that, you would find a different driving force okay there's, there's something called primary will and then secondary will, that's what this explains and then my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, uh, so Shem speaking and saying, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm always going to be higher than your thoughts. Well, it doesn't matter what you want. My will is going to be higher than your will. Mm-hmm. 
And Hashem's will, to some extent, is our own will. Right. So when it's when it's expressed in, so so, but this is a basic question. When we're driven towards something very very strongly, we want it. Why? Why do we want it? What's motivating it? Right. Uh, Come on, there's an answer. Is it? What is yechida? Our essence. What is our essence? What does that For look sure. like? Pleasure. That's it. Des- our like desire. That's it. Our yeah. desire is pleasure. Why do we want things? Because they give us pleasure. Not just. We're gonna. Why would you have like? Why would you have self-destructive thoughts? So how, how because that's know? way down the line. Our thoughts are way down the line from our no, pleasure. I'm saying like the source of this is that this is gonna give me pleasure, or this will bring me benefit, or whatever. How can it get distorted in a way so much so that your thoughts are gonna be distracting you? Like, I mean, I'm saying, like, not even, like, you can actually have the pleasure, like, I don't know. So I think I need to explain a little more, because when we hear pleasure, also, we're like, pleasure, like, wait, Judaism and pleasure, like, what? (laughs) Okay. Hasidus explains that pleasure, okay, and specifically when we speak about godly spiritual pleasure, okay, so we're speaking about the pleasure of the godly soul, is actually the deepest expression of our soul. And the reason is, one of the reasons, okay, when you ask somebody, why do you get pleasure from this thing? Why do you want the strawberry ice cream? And not the chocolate ice cream. They're going to say, because I like strawberry ice cream. And then they're going to say, why do you like strawberry ice cream? What are they going to say? Just Stop asking me questions. I want my strawberry ice cream. Okay. And it's true with all pleasures when you go... So then again, there's primary pleasures and there's secondary pleasures. But when we go back to our primary pleasures and we ask ourselves why, there's no answer because it transcends logic. And our, our pleasure motivates our will. We're made in the image of God, by the way. So, by the way. So God works the same way. The deepest expression and part of God is his pleasure, okay? That which gives him pleasure. Hashem desired to create a world the way it looks for a derba tachtainim. Why? Because that's what he desires. Why does he desire? Because that's what gives him pleasure. Why? We don't ask questions. The answer is we don't ask questions on pleasure. Why? Because it comes from the deepest part of you. That is what... That is what um it says it all over Chassidus that we don't all over Chassidus that we don't ask questions on a desire starts from the Altar Rebbe sure I'm getting a little nervous here sure okay so in my head I picture you have your animal soul and your godly soul and if you just keep peeking deeper into that you get to the heat of both of them right Fine. Okay, now it seems like pleasure is this separate thing that can either attach to the animal soul or to the godly soul. Is that right? Or does pleasure actually come from one of them? Like, okay, so then it like, goes back to this question of what is the essence of the animal soul. So let's go back to the original kind of the main version, which is that the source of the pleasure of the animal soul, which is the yechida, is the same as that of the godly soul, which is which is the pleasure, what is the, how does the pleasure of the Yechida express itself in Yechida before it transcends, it goes down the line, pleasure of being united with Hashem, right? So when, when, as that trickles down the line, for example, I get pleasure when I eat delicious food, okay? 
if you go really deep into that, why do you get pleasure when you eat the food? Well, because I was hungry and now I'm full. Now I'm not uncomfortable anymore. Okay, why are you no longer uncomfortable? Like, why, why does it matter for you to be full, right? Because why do you eat? Why do you get pleasure when you eat? Because you want to live. Well, why do you want to live, right? And when you go all the way back to it, it gets to a point where I want this and I don't have a reason why. I did this thought experiment with one of the girls last year where I asked her, like, okay, so let's try this with you, Zahala, okay? <laughs> what do you want? It doesn't have to be a deep thing. Oh, like okay. a, to get married. To get married. Why do you want to get married? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, to be united with someone. Why do you want to be united with someone? Okay, is that your real answer? If that's your real answer, great. That's the farthest I can go. Okay, why? Okay. You want to be united with someone because you wanted to be united with Did you not want to get married before you cared so much about being united with Hashem? Yeah. You did want to go? You didn't no, want to. I didn't care about it. You didn't care about marriage. That's very oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you want, to, you want to be united with somebody because you want to be united with Hashem. I didn't care about having kids either until. Well. Okay. Yeah. You, but it does, it does just come from, like, I just want it. <laughs> You just want it. It's, it's going to get to the desire, point. Right. Why do you want to be united with Hashem? It's going to be pleasurable. You know? Right. Sometimes. Sometimes not. You keep digging that back. What's pleasurable about being with Hashem? Right. Why do you want to be with Hashem? What? Good question. Because it gives me meaning. Like, if that's like the opposite. That's the root of all of it, but it's not. No, it's not. Because there's still a why there. Why do you want to be united with Hashem? And you can, it could be for totally self, like you could bring whatever comes up. Um, everything else I do in life that's not connected to Hashem just feels like empty. So you, you want to be full, you don't want to be empty. Yeah. Why do you not want to be empty? It doesn't feel good. Why do you want to feel good? Because I want my life to be like, I want to have like a life that is worth living. Why do you want to have a life that's worth living? Because I like life. Why do you like life? That, no, we got to it. Why do you like life? Life sometimes sucks. Maybe it's easy to be there. Why do you like life? Because you want to live. Yeah. Every desire, if you go to its source, because you want to live. Why do you want to live? There's no answer to that. Why do I want to live? 